All right, back here with another edition of our Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Neddenrip, and uh, joined today by Trevor Andershock of uh, Indiana Basketball Source and uh, Jeff Shanley of Indiana Basketball Source. We're going to be talking some uh, Indian All-Star uh, projections had a story last week kind of uh, laying out some of the possibilities and candidates there uh, also some Mr. Basketball talk but uh, first of all guys wanted to talk about some uh, class 4a basketball because I think the uh, tournament here we're going to have the tournament draws coming up on Sunday <clears throat> and uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the draw lays out it's a kind of a you know a, I don't know if wide open is the right word but I think there's a lot of really good teams at the top of 4a and then some teams right behind them maybe that are could be considered sleepers or you know teams that could uh, win a couple games anyway maybe not the whole thing but but could uh, definitely pull off some upsets in in 4a and, and just want to see what you guys think and and you know kind of start with you uh trevor you you cover a lot of games around central indiana and and uh jeff Moore in fort wayne this year after moving up there but Curious what you think, Trevor, as far as how 4A shakes out this week in, in the area. I have uh, uh, Carmel, Lawrence North, and Cathedral are the top three in, in our Fab 15 that we do uh, locally. But I think you could put put those three teams in a hat and kind of draw them out, really, and uh, maybe come up with the, the right answer. But I think there's also some good teams right behind them, like Plainfield and Warren Central. How do you, how do you kind of see it shaking out in 4A? Who, who do you think the best team is right now? Uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, I ranked um, for the overall state. I went Homestead, Carmel, Cathedral, Lawrence North, Warren Central for the top five. So you have those four indie area schools right there uh, in the mix. And really, I think kind of those Carmel, Cathedral, North Central are on a top tier for the indie area. And then, like you said, not too far behind, you know, Warren Central, Plainfield, Christmas Attic. I think that's kind of the next year where they're not too far behind and on any given night they could uh, pull an upset against that front tier. We'll see a lot of those matchups in sectional 10 potentially, so um, definitely not going to be easy for, you know, to figure Lawrence North or Lawrence Central to get through there. Um, and then from there, I think there's another tier right below them, and I mean, there's not much of a gap between these tiers, but then I would go like Westfield, Dinesville, Pike, Fishard, Brownsburg, those type of teams are right in the mix, uh, kind of right below the uh, Christmas Haddock, Plainfield, Warren Central. So, like you said, I don't know if it's completely wide open, but there's a good group, you know, behind that first tier that can, you know, pull an upset or two here and there. They're really talented, well-coached. So, it wouldn't be shocking to see those teams kind of rank maybe 10 or below get through a sexual into a regional or even deeper so should be fun to see how this uh, sexual drill works out um, Sunday yeah it's crazy to think as as fun and as good as that sectional 10 was last year at Lawrence Central uh, it may be even tougher in some regard than even this year because I think Cathedral is better I think Lawrence North is Maybe not, you know, they're very close to what they were, if not right there. Uh, you don't have Tony Perkins, so that's a big loss, obviously. But, you know, they're they're on par. I think Warren Central may be more talented even than they were last year. I think Attics is, is pretty close to what they were last year. Um, you know, North Central is certainly very dangerous. <laughs> so, you know, Lawrence Central yeah. is, is, is better than we thought. You know, it, it's uh, – it's really interesting to see, you know, how that draw will come out. Uh, that could help 
uh, really decide what happens. Tech is a lot better than they were last year, too. So it's just crazy to think how tough that sectional could be this year. And it seems like North Central is really kind of fighting their groove with, you know, Jason Gardner in his first year as head coach and working with Lillian Walker and those guys. It seems like they're kind of hitting their stride right now. So like you said, it wouldn't be shocking to see them even come up in sectional 10 and win a few games or maybe even pull off the, the huge upset and win the whole thing at this sectional 10. Yeah. I think the main thing with 4A and especially Central Indiana is Last year, you pegged teams that you thought, hey, these are the teams that I'm pretty sure they're going to make it to you know a regional championship or a semi-state, and there's just no way you can do that this year. There's so much balance, and I mean, we saw, you know, Carmel has looked very good, and then Fishers ends up, you know, knocking them off just to show, like, the depth that, you know, we talked about Fishers being, Trevor said, maybe like a third tier even though there's not much of a gap but you know on on any given night especially in tournament time these teams can can rise up and surprise people and, and pull big upsets yeah i, I agree I, I think and i wanted to ask uh, jeff you about uh, uh homestead you know i've had a chance to see him a couple times this year uh in, in person and then a little bit on video too when they hosted uh, uh some games up there in fort wayne so you know just a you know, having a great year. They're twenty-one and zero right now. Uh, early in the year, we saw them beat Cathedral in a in a really close game at Brownsburg. I think that game was overtime, but and then uh, double overtime, double overtime, and then came to Lawrence North and won that game in overtime uh, in a, in another really close game, an impressive win. Uh, and Fletcher Lawyer had a had a great game in, in that one. So you know, I think people you know they're they're uh, rightly ranked number one in the state. Uh, you know because they are the only undefeated right now in four A. They've beaten all comers so far, and and you know they have a really dynamic duo in uh, in Fletcher Lawyer and, and Luke Goody. But you know, I guess you know up there in Fort Wayne, uh, Jeff. I know they they wanted to come down here and beat some indie teams, and they've done that. And uh, have been really impressive, but you know they're not also they're also not a team where you think like they're just going to steamroll everybody either. Uh, but I think a, a really you know great season, a great uh, uh, run that they've had this year. What, what's your take on? I know you've seen Homestead. What do you think about that team? Yeah, I mean I think it's they're they're so fun to watch offensively because they're very unselfish. They don't really have a traditional point guard. A lot of those duties fall to. Fletcher Lawyer and Luke Goody, they're two Big Ten commits. Um, but they're just really fun to watch offensively because they share it. They don't take bad shots. They don't beat themselves. Um, like you said, they're 21-0, but they have had some close calls, uh, primarily with Indy area schools. We talked about Cathedral double overtime, Lawrence North in overtime. They beat Warren Central by three up at uh, Fort Wayne Carroll right before Christmas and then had to have Luke Goody hit a three-pointer at the buzzer to win at Hamilton Southeastern. So they've definitely been given some tough tests by Indy 4A schools. Um, they've pretty much steamrolled everybody up here in northeast Indiana. Um, there really hasn't been a team that's that's close to them. I know they're going to uh, – they have one game left in their regular season uh, at Carroll here on Friday night. That's going to determine who wins the SAC so that should be a fun one uh, to see that matchup with Carroll, who likes to play a little bit slower paced, uh, you know, methodical, and Homestead, who wants to kind of get up and let their 
let their talent shine. Um, they obviously have a veteran coach in Chris Johnson. He's won a state title before. He's been around the block. And I think, you know, really their biggest weakness is they don't have great size. You know, they have um, Luke Goody at six 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 seven, but it's more of a perimeter player. They're Andrew Leeper, a six five junior forward, is about the only big, so to speak, and he's really not even that. He's more of a, a forward masquerading as a post player, um, but it definitely gives them a lot of options offensively. And you know, they do get down and guard, but I think really athletic teams or teams with really good bigs could give them some issues in the postseason. Um, but they're obviously undefeated for a reason. They've been in close games, but they've won them all. So I think, you know, that type of experience uh, can come to benefit them here come March. And they're a team that could see uh, Carmel potentially on the north side of that bracket. Uh, and uh, Carmel's a team that, you know, we know around here that, uh, you know, they're going to play great defense. Um, you know, they went into Lawrence North and, and uh, beat them easily in a really impressive game. And uh, Brian Waddell not even playing in that game. Uh, but then, as Trevor mentioned, they lost the Fishers by a point the following night. And, uh, you know, that was a – you know, I, I've talked to Ryan Osborne after the game, and he knew that was going to be tough for them. You know, they're coming off a, a game where, you know, you're riding high and you're you're uh, thinking you're pretty good, and then you got to go play a really tough Fishers team the next night. Uh, you know, that's a tough matchup. But and, and I know, you know, they weren't overlooking them. It was just uh, – you know, that happens sometimes in basketball. But, you know, Carmel and team guys that, uh, you know, I think, you know, and I don't know, you know, what Waddell is going to be, you know, when he gets back, is he going to be 100%? Is, you know, what's what's the, you know, how, how does he look? Will that go a long way to determining, you know, I think, uh, you know, their postseason fortunes, and they're going to have a tough sectional as well with, with uh, you know, name mentioned Fishers, uh, Westfield, Zionsville, uh, HSC, Noblesville, all those teams are, are pretty pretty strong. Um, but I think that's a team also where you, you, you could look at Carmel as a potential state championship contender, and you know, I, I I do really like that team. They they are you know I know he wanted to get more toughness out of them rebounding wise. Uh, I think they've started to do that, and they showed that against Lawrence North. Uh, but you're probably going to need that. You're going to need a full speed and full go Brian Waddell to make a, a really good run. Um, you know, stranger things have happened. I, I think they've got enough pieces to to win a sectional and you know potentially make a run anyway. But. Uh, not having him uh, at a hundred percent too would uh, take something, take some steam out of them. The one thing I would add to that, Kyle, would be that Sam Orms stepped up in his place and getting more playing time. He's been in the starting lineup since Waddell went down. Um, kind of six-six shooter, sophomore. That uh, if you leave him open, he's going to knock down shots. So, and the one positive I'd say with Waddell being out, he you're getting more playing time for warm, so that can pay dividends down the stretch and in the tournament flow. Yeah, and he played uh, – he had a big role in that Lawrence North win. You know, he they left him open a few times in the corner, and he made him pay. And uh, they have they definitely have the guys, I think, that, uh, you know, can, can step up. Will Leary had also had a great game in that one. He's been an important piece for them off the bench at times, and then sometimes he doesn't uh, play much. But he's ready, you know, when called upon. So – uh, that you know, we could talk more about that later uh, with uh, you know once uh, we get closer to tournament time. But you know that's that's going to be interesting to see you know how that that sectional. It's a it's a deep sectional. You know, I would definitely pick Carmel as the favorite there. But you know, there's there's five other teams there that on a given night are going to give you some problems. So 
uh, probably deeper uh, than that's that sectional has been in a little in a little while. But uh, you mentioned uh, kind of the teams at the you know the the second tier and third tier. Trevor, what, what teams out of there? And I, I look at a team. I had a chance to see Plainfield uh, Friday night against Greenwood, and and uh, you know they're kind of lurking out there as a team that's you know, 18 and one now that, that probably a lot of people don't uh, know a ton about, but a uh, good senior group. Uh, they're going to be in a sectional with Brownsburg. And I think that could be a fantastic game. Those teams haven't played uh, this year yet. They got rid of the regular season game and then the Hendricks, Hendricks uh, County tournament uh, was canceled this year. So there's a, not that they're unfamiliar with one another by any means, but that's a that's a potential matchup. And then you got Avon out there that's been you know up and down, but but still talented with uh, Krishan McRae back for them. So you know that's a you know it's 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 kind of a, a one where you know I think it could be a really great game between Brownsburg and Plainfield. I'm not sure who I would favor necessarily in that game, but you know Plainfield, the team that's even though they're ranked fifth in the state, probably slightly under the radar. Yeah, and they're. They're a different team than you see a lot in high school basketball because they're so big at every position. You know, they play six three, six four guards and Aiden Boer and Aiden Moyer. So you don't see that type of size across the board very often. It's kind of like a homestead team where they just throw a ton of six four plus guys at you, and you have to try to match up with them. But like you said, when you have a guy like Ian Scott finishing inside, and then the the guys around him really know how to give him the ball and how to play the game. So they're going to be tough. They, they're kind of like a team that doesn't beat themselves where, you know, they're going to do little things. They're going to take care of the ball. They're going to play pretty good defense. They like to pack it in a lot and kind of make you beat them. So going forward, that's a really tough team to kind of knock out of a, a sectional or a regional game. So it should be fun to watch them going forward. And they have a big game on Saturday at Silver Creek, and that's going to be really interesting to see that front-line matchup of Ian Scott and Cale Vanderbush going up against Trey Kaufman and Cooper Jacoby just to kind of see, like, hey, here's somebody who can match their size up front and how those two go against Kaufman and Jacoby. I think that's going to be uh, tell us a lot about maybe how far Plainfield can go uh, in March is how they perform against, you know, one of the best teams in, in 3A certainly one of the most talented teams in the state regardless of class yeah uh, that's going to be a fun uh, matchup uh i'm glad they they added that game and and uh, get a chance to i think that was just a game where they felt like you know both of them had some uh uh, 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 movement in their schedules and uh, andy weaver wanted to you know kind of give his team another test before the tournament so that'll be a great uh, test for them uh how about outside the area, guys? I know I, I had a chance to see South Bend Adams play uh, the only game they lost this year to uh, Warren Central. Uh, that, that team really impressed me with their uh, their balance and and really their togetherness, the way they played. Um, you know, kind of looking outside the area, I know Gary Westside is a team that you know they've got some really good wins under their belt. Uh, that's a team I think that that definitely has the talent in uh, in the guard play. I think to 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 do some damage in the tournament. Um, anybody else out there? What do you think of those teams, guys? And, uh, you know, if you're looking outside of, uh, you know, other than Homestead and, and some of the local teams in 4A, uh, who do you think is, is capable of maybe we'll see down the road? Um, I'll start with Gary Westside. Um, obviously, they've been one of the most talented teams in the state all year, but it seems like they've really gone to a new level in the recent weeks by beating Cathedral, um, handling Munster pretty easily. So it seems like they're really clicked. 
Amari Peterson, the senior point guard for them, playing really well. Um, they've got Jalen Washington, the junior um, five-star type of player, playing full minutes now. He's not on a minutes restriction coming off his ACL injury last year. So he's pretty much back to full strength. And that's obviously a huge change. It's kind of like getting a, a full player back in the rotation because he was only playing about the 20 minutes a game there for the first half of the year or so. So that's given another boost. Um, so I definitely like them going forward. Um, they look like the top team in Northwest Indiana right now. So they should be uh, definitely a contender statewide. Kyle, like you mentioned, South Bend Adams, I think they're they're a team without any stars, but they play so hard. They defend. Um, they're very versatile offensively because they share the basketball. Their sectional is going to be tough, however, um, with South Bend Riley in there and Blake Wesley, who's having a, a great senior season. You know, those those two teams, I think, are the, the cream of the crop there. Mishawaka with Trent Johnson's another good team in that sectional. Um, but Adams and Riley meet up this Friday. Um, that's going to be a, a huge matchup here. Adams has already clinched uh, the NIC title, but you know Riley's going to want to spoil their undefeated conference mark. And and I just think it's, you know, those two teams, especially when you have somebody like Blake Wesley at Riley that can explode for, you know, 40, 45 points on any given night, you can't you can't overlook teams like that in March because if, if their main guy gets hot, you know, you can ride somebody like that to, to two or three wins in a week and, and claim a sectional that maybe you weren't favored to. Um, so I think those two teams out of that Plymouth sectional, um, like Trevor said, Gary Westside, obviously uh, super talented. And then there's some good teams in sectional two up at Chesterton with Chesterton and Valpo and even Crown Point sitting at 10-2. and two. I think whoever comes out of that sectional – um, has got a chance to maybe make a make a name for themselves in regionals and surprise some people. And then uh, quickly down south, you know, I, I didn't even, hadn't thought much about this until watching Center Grove, but uh, the, you know, after watching them, and then you kind of look ahead at their, you know, their potential path to get out of the sectional and, and beyond. And you know, there's some good teams in their sectional. Greenwood is, I think, on a given night they're going to play, especially in tournament time, they're going to play a really uh, you know, a methodical half-court type of a game and, and make it tough on you. Uh, I would anticipate a, a Center Grove-Greenwood game would be pretty close, but you know, after seeing Center Grove play and uh, and looking at their route, you know, that's potentially a team that I think could make the semi-state. And, you know, maybe the biggest, the toughest test potentially in their path might be a Bloomington North team that I think, Trevor, you were there too against uh, Perry Meridian and saw him play. And, a uh, really deep team and, and uh, good size, good guard play, and uh, I think would be tough uh, a tough matchup. You know, if they can get out of their sectional, Columbus North and Bloomington South will have something to say about that, I'm sure. But uh, but really, I think Center Grove has a chance to uh, to be playing uh, in the semi state if uh, if they can be playing well in tournament time. Yeah, I mean, whenever you have a player like Tavian Jackson leading the show, and then you know, they have another or a few more shooters like Charlie Bemis and Landon Hacker around them. So they're going to be a tough team. And like you said, the, the path for them shapes up really well. And it's a team that you're not really thinking about right now, but could be a, could be a surprise team in the state tournament. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of transition now. I think uh, I'd like to talk some about uh, – 
uh, Indian All-Star uh, selections and and uh, and also some Mr. Basketball. But I, and I guess first, let's uh, you know as we as we look at Mr. Basketball, maybe we'll do that first. Uh, I I would say there's probably you know I, I went down a list here a while back and, and named I think. 12 guys and you know i don't think there's 12 guys that are really going to get a ton of ton of votes but uh it's a deep class and there there are a lot of guys with really good resumes uh i you know as we talk about all these 4a teams i think it's also it's in part it's such a deep year because these 2021 class uh, players are so good and it's such a deep class so that's part of the reason why you see uh, you know, so many potential teams that could make a run in the tournament. It's just a, a really deep class and a lot of talented players. But uh, as you look at Mr. Basketball, guys, I still think Trey Kaufman from Silver Creek, if I was to, to peg it right now on uh, um, February 15th, uh, to me, I think he would be the probably the front runner at this point uh, based on what he's done in the past and based on, you know, the, what he's done this year since coming off that ankle injury. Uh, just putting up really good numbers as of uh, you know as of last uh, Friday he was 26.4 points, 12.6 rebounds, and, and four assists a game, and uh, his team is uh, playing really well since he returned. So you know to me, if you're to pick one and just name one, I think I would probably uh, still put him at the at the top of the list right now. Yeah, I don't know if I can decide right now. I think it's that close for me. It's between Kaufman and. Caleb first. I think those two are the main candidates for me, and I really can't choose between them right now. I think I want to see how the, the end of the year plays out and what they do in the postseason. Obviously, Blackhawks a heavy favorite in two A, and Silver Creek has a good chance to you know either make it deep in the state tournament or win three A again. So for me, it's a toss up right now. I'm kind of just waiting to see which one separates themselves down the stretch and. You know, both have won state titles in the past and likely would have won more last year. I think both were pretty heavy favorites to at least get the state or semi-state at least for Silver Creek. So I'm kind of just waiting and seeing, but I think those two are on a pedestal by themselves right now for me. And I would agree with that, too. You know, I had a chance to go uh, watch Caleb first this past weekend, uh, their game against Cathedral. Uh, he played really well. And then I was at their game against Elevation Prep, which has, you know, gosh, probably seven Division One players. Um, every big on their roster is a D1 kid, 6'7 to 6'9. And he put up 23 and 7 against, you know, facing three dudes, tons of attention on him. And he's still able to produce in all types of scenarios. And the thing I think that is remarkable about Caleb is his consistency in that you never he never explodes for a 35 or 40 point game but he's never less than 18, 19, 20 points and you know seven rebounds that might have been a season low for him um, he's always in that 20, that 18, 19, 20 to 27 point range just the consistency from him is so remarkable. And they have other talented kids on their team that, you know, can really score the ball in Marcus Davidson and uh, Zane Burke. And then their sophomore, Gage Stephan, that's coming off the bench, has really uh, stepped up and kind of asserted himself into that six-man role. I know they've missed some guys due to uh, contact tracing and quarantine. And 
Stefan has stepped up into the starting lineup and had some big games for them recently. So it's not just, you know, Caleb and a bunch of other guys. They have a really talented team where, you know, he doesn't always get a ton of shots because of the attention that's placed on him. Um, but just the fact that he's out there opens up so much uh, for him. And then, obviously, you can't discount the numbers that Trey Kaufman is putting up. And same thing with Caleb. He's got a bunch of really talented guys on his team with Cooper Jacoby and Brandon Northern. I know Isaac Hinton's had some good games for them here recently. So, uh, like Trevor said, I think those two are uh, kind of a step above everybody else in the class. And it would really surprise me if Mr. Basketball didn't go to one of those two guys. Um, but picking between them, you know, it's six and one half dozen in the other, I think. Yeah, I think Caleb's right there, too. Um, you know, and I, I, I do agree when, when we talk about tournament and how the tournament plays out. I think that'll uh, depend a lot on, uh, you know, how people vote. You know, it's still, I think, uh, even though there's more streaming and uh, things like that available, especially this year with the pandemic, uh, you know, it's you, once you get on that stage of playing deep in the tournament, there's more eyeballs on you. And then that always helps, I, I think, in a – you know, in a large way to determining who gets the uh, the number of votes uh, in in for Mr. Basketball. So, you know, that will matter, I think. And, and as Trevor mentioned, both those guys won a state championship as sophomores. Probably uh, would have had a good chance last year again. So, you know, they they each could have two state titles uh, to their credit by the time it's all said and done. I wanted to, you know, where do you? There's there's varying degrees of uh, you know support. I think for Luke Brown. Uh, at uh, Blackford for this award, um, and I'm not a huge believer in you know. I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people will say, well, you know, when <clears throat> when you do awards and those type of things, but you know, if this guy averages this many points, why isn't he ahead of such and such? And and I'm not a big believer in that because you you never know. You know, everybody's situation is different. You know, you play with different players, you play different styles of basketball, you you know, everybody's different. So it's not a, you know, one's better than the other just because of numbers. But in the same regard, Browns has 2,700 points right now. Um, you know, he could end up <clears throat> right in the neighborhood of 3,000 probably if, if, they keep, uh, if they keep winning. And he has quite a few regular season games left to play. Uh, assuming they'll play him this week with the uh, with the snowstorm going on, but uh, but he has a chance to get up there pretty high. You know, do you think? Not even saying what you guys will vote necessarily, but do you think he has a chance to you know to make it uh, make it a race uh, at the, at the end of the season? I think he'll definitely get a lot of votes. Um, I have him in my second tier behind first and Kaufman. Um, just like you said, I mean, you can't just take points. On- by themselves, because in the high school game, you now you're playing such different strength and schedule. The playing styles are so different, the pace, the tempo. Um, if people take their guys out, if they're winning or losing big, stuff like that, and that plays a huge factor in points per game and stuff. So I'm not throwing that out the window, but you have to kind of gauge it relative to everybody else. So. I definitely think he's in the conversation. I mean, he's had an unbelievable career. He's put Blackford on the map. He's a great player. But for Mr. Basketball, I think he's just a step below, you know, Caleb and, and Trey Kaufman in terms of, you know, he hasn't had that winning success um, basically until this year. They might have been able to. Um, I forget what they did last year, actually. Um, but, um, 
I just put him one one step below those guys. So I think he'll get plenty of votes, but I don't think it will be enough to get him in the uh, the one or two spot. Yeah, and and they, I think a postseason run for Blackford, even with them, isn't necessarily guaranteed. Madison Grant's in their sectional. Madison Grant has shown they can beat Blackford this year. Um, beat them by four at the end of last month. So um, I do think that, like Trevor said, I think the name he has, starting from even right before his freshman year and right when he uh, started his freshman year, everybody knew about him, uh, was a big name for now four years. There could be some familiarity with that. There could be some fatigue with it. People saying, okay, well, yeah, he's put up all these points, but, you know, how how good really is he? You know, Blackford's not exactly, you know, on the outskirts of Indianapolis. Not a lot of people really get to see him play. So I think I think there is a little bit of that with him. He's certainly talented. I wouldn't be, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the next highest vote getter behind first in Kaufman, if he finished third in the voting. Um, that wouldn't surprise me, but... Uh, I do think, like Trevor said, he's behind first and Kaufman, and there is a gap between those two and the rest of the pack. Let me throw out one other name to you guys in this uh, conversation. That's a name we talked about already, Luke Goody. Uh, they're 21-0, and 0, uh, Homestead is. Um, but kind of a, you know, I don't think he cares about this, but he, right now he's not the top scorer on his team. Uh, I would have to look and see exactly, but I know Fletcher Lawyer was was ahead of him as far as points per game. Uh, but obviously, Luke's uh, value to his team is really high. He's he's uh, you know their leading rebounder, assist guy. You know, still scores a lot, a lot of points for Homestead. Uh, you know, if they go on and and stay undefeated and and win a state championship, uh, do you think he has a chance to win Mister Basketball? Um, I think that definitely put him in a conversation, like you said. He's not the leading scorer right now, and when it came down to Indianapolis to play LN, I mean, Fletcher Lawyer had the much bigger game. So he's always kind of be, going to be sharing that credit with Fletcher, and I think that'll weigh on a lot of voters' minds, even if he does, if they do go undefeated and win a state title. I mean, he's going to be at least sharing the duties with Fletcher Lawyer. So it'll be interesting to see how that split. Um, but if, he, if they do keep winning, keep getting deeper and deeper in the tournament, I definitely see his, you know, vote total getting higher and higher, but I don't I don't have him in the conversation right now. I think he'd kind of be in the third tier for me, so um, like you said, getting getting a state title would definitely change things, but for me, I think he's just a little bit lower than the, the guys we've mentioned so far. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's kind of an interesting argument not only with Luke, but with Caleb first and Trey Kaufman as well is Cooper Jacoby's right there. I think just maybe a point and point and a half, two points behind Trey in scoring. And then Zane Burke is also averaging, uh, I believe over 20 points a game for Blackhawk Christian. So there are other players that are sharing this, you know, the scoring duties with these Mr. Basketball favorites. I'm with Trevor. I don't think he's necessarily above or it would have to take something remarkable for him, I think, to win Mr. Basketball, like just going on a rampage in the regional semi-state state where he's up 30, 35, you know, maybe close to 40 points. And I don't think he's 
the type of player that really is geared to do that this year. He's had some big games, but like Kyle, you mentioned, he's perfectly content just taking what's there and, you know, distributing. They use him as a facilitator in their offense a lot. Um, I really think he's just all about winning this year. And, you know, I was kind of hesitant his first few years of saying, you know, how good is he really? And I think, you know, the decision for him to not play football this year where he was a, a heck of a quarterback for Homestead could have been a, you know, a high division one prospect if he chose football. But I think him just focusing on basketball has really elevated his game to just an entirely new level this year for him. And it, it's shown up in his, his numbers and Homestead winning. But like Trevor said, and, and you said, you know, he's probably behind on that next tier and he would have to have some very big games and Homestead would have to make it, I think, at least to the state finals, if not win it, uh, for him to really seriously challenge those top two guys. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, too, I think, you know, Luke, you know, talking to him after these couple of games they played down here in Indianapolis and won, you know, I do agree. I don't think he really cares about, you know, what he, what he's scoring necessarily. Of course, you want to score, you want to make your shots, but – uh, I give credit to him too. He's he's welcomed in Fletcher Lawyer. There are very few teams I think that are as connected as as that team is. Um, you know, you can you can see it really easily with them. Um, and I think that's in large part because you know Luke Goody could have been threatened by you know a player like that coming in. You know, it could have been ah, this is my show now. This is this is all you know, and all those sorts of things that honestly you see a lot. You see that happen in high school basketball a lot. Uh, so I, I give him a lot of credit. He's he's done. He doesn't seem to care about that, and 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 he has made Fletcher Lawyer a lot better player, I think, and vice versa. And I think they they play well off each other. Clearly, they're doing something right uh, to be twenty one and zero. But I've been impressed with that. I think he's he's uh, you know that that leadership ability of his has uh, has really you know kind of shown through this year. And I, I and I think too, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a credit to him that. They're doing what they're doing, what their record is as well. But uh, I think that goes beyond the numbers in a lot of ways. Whether that translates to you know winning Mr. Basketball, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, you know, I think it, it's translated to wins, and, and I think that's what he cares about the most uh, this year. So anyway, I wanted to you know let's get into uh, Indian All Stars a little bit. I think uh, you know to me, you know, I, when I kind of went through it, I put it in some different tiers. You know, I think Kaufman. Uh, you know, to me, Kaufman and First and Luke Brown, uh, you can pretty much write them in as of, you know, already. I don't think you guys would agree with that, right? Yeah, definitely. And then I think on the next level, I, I think Goody, you could probably put in that category as well. And a guy we didn't talk about yet, Brooks Barnheiser from Lafayette Jeff. I, I think he's he's probably in a pretty good spot. Uh, and I think he'll get also some, uh, you know, some Mr. Basketball uh, from around the Lafayette area. I think he, he could get some, uh, you know, some consideration for that as well. He's having a really, really nice year. Uh, you know, I, I know you guys have seen him play. Just your thoughts on his Indian All-Star possibilities. Well, for the All-Star, I think he's definitely a lot. Um, just putting up insane scoring numbers, rebounding. And obviously, I think he's averaging like even four or five steals per game, too. He just plays the passing lane so well. Uh, I think he's going to fit in well at Northwestern with their, their five-out offense they've been using this year. I think it was down there. Uh, for Mr. Basketball, um, I think he's, he, 
I put him in that second tier behind first and Kaufman too. Like he's having a great year. Um, had a great sophomore and junior season as well, but they didn't make that state run and have that huge team success. So I kind of put him behind those two. But definitely a, a great player and having a great career, but uh, I just don't uh, see him getting in that top two for Mr. Basketball. Yeah, I think you can't can't deny the numbers that Brooks has put up this year. Just um, you you look at them and you just kind of do a double take at, at some of the box scores that that Jeff has and and just say wow that like across the board points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. You know whatever they need, he's he's able to fill those lines in a box score and it's. It's really remarkable that somebody can do all those different things, given all the attention that he gets from defenses. Um, and just kind of overall, Kyle, to your point, and we've mentioned the depth of this class, there's kids that in any other year we'd be talking about as locks for the all-star team that are going to have to fight and claw to get those 11, 12th, and 13th spots on this team just because the overall depth of the class, whereas, you know, any other year – you're looking at them and say, yeah, they're probably the fifth, sixth, seventh best player, and they're going to have to, you know, fight and claw just to make the all-star team this year. I think it just speaks to the 2021 class across the state and how many good players there are this year. Well, hold on a second. You're getting ahead of me now, the Shark. <laughs> He's always jumping ahead of me. Um, you know, so I Barnheiser to me, definitely. Um, Goody. I think definitely, uh, and then I had these guys in this in this category of you know with you know probably as I see it they would be in, and let me know your thoughts. Jalen Blackman from Marion, uh, Pierce Thomas from Brownsburg, and Blake Wesley from South Bend Riley. Uh, I had in that in that category with Barnheiser and Goody. Yeah, definitely, and I think I would add one more to kind of that automatic lock. Um, place would be J.R. Tenesny from South Bend St. Joe. Um, having another fantastic year this year for St. Joe and throughout his high school career has put up huge numbers. It's they've been a, one of the top teams in the 3A North, so I'd put him as a pretty big lock as well. I don't know if you guys agree or not. Uh, I agree definitely with J.R. Um, being in there. I think um, maybe Jalen Blackman being maybe not that next tier, but one of those guys who's probably leading that pack to fight for those last maybe four or five spots. Um, probably, I wouldn't say a lock for the all-star team, but highly likely probably. Um, I think, you know, obviously the career numbers he's put up and he's suffered some injuries that have uh, maybe his raw total numbers are going to maybe not reflect how good of a total career he's had because he has missed some time. Uh, due to injuries um, but you know I think again Marion you know only 10 and 7 this year um, we'll have to see what they do he obviously is one of those kids that we've talked about could get hot and carry a team in the postseason I know they're they're a little bit younger um, this year than they have been in the past uh, playing a couple freshmen there for uh, the Giants but you know, he's obviously in the in the consideration. I think Blake Wesley, how good Riley is and the numbers they put up, um, he's obviously, you know, probably as close to a lock as you can be without, you know, for sure there. Um, 
So, yeah, but there's so many good kids to choose from. You can make an argument for a lot of kids that um, are not around the Indy area. You know, Cooper Jacoby down at Silver Creek putting up um, 24 and 13 for one of the best 3A teams in the state. Well, here on Blackman, I uh, and I agree on uh, Kenezy from South Bend, St. Joe. I had him in this category, and then uh, you know decided to put him in the next category below. But but it, I I just thought with Blackman, you know, Jeff mentioned the knee injury. I was at that game last year. They were playing Cathedral, and he was just you know he was lighting. I think he had thirty five points when he had the injury happen. You know, tried to come back in the game, and that was a good Cathedral team. Really good team, and uh, you know, obviously he had ACL tear. He couldn't get up and down the floor. Had to come out. You know, has the surgery. Uh, this year, I was going to go see him play uh, Barnheiser up at Jeff. He had uh, contact tracing. Had to miss that game and one other game. Um, you know, but then he goes out and scores thirty eight on Noblesville, which is a pretty you know, solid uh, defensive team, and uh, ten for uh, seven for ten from three. Uh, you know, he's shooting really high percentage this year. He's averaging thirty one a game. Uh, he handles the ball well, uh, puts up you know good assist numbers. Uh, the one thing you mentioned, Jeff, their record is only ten and seven, but you know they are young. They lost some really key players from last year's team, and you know I, I just the more I look at it, the more I, I just I would be really surprised if Blackman doesn't make the team. And I think he's 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 earned it, and he's the all time scorer at Marion uh, now, which you know Marion's history speaks for itself. So. You know, again, it's not all about the points, but to me, he's just super efficient, and uh, you know, I just think he's he definitely belongs uh, on this team. And you know, I, I think on Pierce Thomas the same. You know, I, and I know their record isn't what they hoped it would be at Brownsburg, but to me, he's 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 definitely an Indian All Star. And I think Wesley, you know, when all said and done, he may be the best. You know, I I don't know if he might be the best NBA prospect out of you know the guys on this year's team. So. Uh, to me, those guys are all. I think we'll make it. I could be wrong, but uh, and if you throw Kinesi in there, I think that that wouldn't be a bad uh, a bad call either. I think maybe you know. To me, he's one that you know maybe people don't know a lot about down here. Maybe as much as the others, uh, just because they're uh, not a four A team, they don't play down here uh, that that often. Uh, talking about down in Central Indiana, so you know maybe there's a little bit of uh, you know not knowing much about him or anything like that but I, I don't know that that'll I think going to Notre Dame and the numbers he's putting up uh will get him in so you know that gets you to uh you know and just to touch he, he was averaging 30 30.6 points a game uh through their first 15 games so obviously having a great year uh but then kind of the, that next level guys and, and Jeff mentioned uh you know Cooper Jacoby in that mix I would I would definitely put him in there and maybe based on his numbers he should be higher but uh you know i would say cooper jacoby uh shamar avance from lawrence north uh Jaden taylor at perry meridian uh are all guys who i think uh you know if i was to to put put the team together i think all those guys would have a really good shot as well yeah i agree i, I definitely would be voting for cooper jacoby and Jaden taylor right now um Shamar, I think, is a little bit lower for me. I think he's definitely in consideration, but there, there's so many guys for me for the last couple spots. I would have to really break down those guys, and um, I would definitely give Avas a good look, but right now I can't say like he's uh, definitely vote for me yet. See, and 
I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I was hoping somebody would say Shamar Avance from Lawrence North because, you know, I haven't watched probably as much Lawrence North as, as either of you two have, but I have seen maybe four, four of their, five of their games this year. I was at their game this past weekend at Snyder. He had 24, seven and seven and just did a great job with, um, taking what was there. I think, you know, you look at a team like Lawrence North and yeah, maybe the headliners are DJ Hughes, who's going to Butler and CJ Gunn with his recent IU commitment in the 2022 class. But Shamar's been that rock for him, man, all year long. He's always been able to score when they need him to score, set people up when they needed to be set up. Um, he can shoot. He can get to the basket. He's a very exciting player to watch. I think he's a kid that definitely deserves serious uh, all-star consideration. I know he's uncommitted and maybe doesn't have the name pedigree that some of the other players have, but I'd, I'd like to find a, a guard who would look forward to a matchup with Shamar Avance because, man, if you have to guard him for 32 minutes, it's going to be a long night for you. He's very talented um, and, like I said, maybe doesn't have the name recognition as other people around the state, but man, he's he's had a great senior year, and I think he's definitely um, very deserving of a spot on this team. Well, he also, you know, I, I think I've covered about eight or nine Lawrence North games, and and probably about that last year. So, you know, you, when you cover a team that much, you see the good and the bad, and, and you probably overanalyze it. Whereas I, you know, some other guys I don't see as much, and you know, maybe have uh, you don't see all the bad, or you don't see all the. You maybe get one look at them, and in a full game anyway, and and could be good or bad. So, yeah, I've seen Shamar a lot. I think his best uh, games are against the best teams in the biggest games. So, you know, I think that bodes well for him. You know, if you, and I think some of their biggest games are ahead of him. And I, I think, you know, if if history is an indicator, he'll play well uh, in those games. So. You know, I think he'll he'll end up playing his way on, is my opinion. I guess is what I'm saying, and you know, or, or at least he will play his way into a deserving uh, spot. So, you know, of those names I mentioned, and I guess I didn't have Jacoby on. The, I up to up that was up to 11 names I had that we've talked about so far. I actually had Cooper Jacoby on the next level uh, on the bubble, uh, but I could definitely move him. You know, move him to that list and get to 12. But then you look at this. I mean, we've got, you know, when you talk about the bubble, or at least what I had the bubble, just listen to, the, you know, Gus Etchison, uh, Lincoln Hale of Linton Stockton, uh, Cooper Jacoby, Silver Creek, Chris Mantis of Lowell, uh, Kumari Peterson, who we talked about earlier from Gary Westside, uh, Blake Sisley from Heritage Hills, Brian Waddell uh, from Carmel. And that's just, uh, you know, and then I had another group after that even, uh, guys like Vincent Brady at Cathedral, who I think deserves you know a lot of consideration. You know, DJ Hughes, Ian Scott. Uh, I had several other names on that list, but you know that's a down at Bar Reef. Absolutely, uh, LT Hatton from North Harrison. You know, there's just a lot of uh, you know a lot of names, guys who I think could even still on that that next tier. Uh, Isaiah Stafford from Attics has had a really good year, but he's only played Indiana high school basketball one year, so. You know, I think that could hurt his chances, but just a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of talent and, uh, you know, guys who could really help themselves in the tournament or hurt themselves by going out early. And also, you know, consider, too, that, you know, when they put these teams together, it's based on, you know, putting a team together to win games and not necessarily just the top 13 guys. 
Uh, so, you know, if you need a wing or if you need a, another big guy, you know, sometimes even if they're not maybe as deserving as a guard or vice versa, you know, they could get on because of that. So, you know, I know we've seen that happen uh, from time to time. But, you know, I know we've talked about this a lot. But just, uh, you know, a lot of players in this class who have had resumes that normally I think in, you know, even a year like last year would be a no-brainer selection uh, and Jeff mentioned this, it's going to be tough for them to get on just because you can only take 13. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would say there's usually like 14 or 15 guys usually for those 13 spots, but this year it seems like there's about 25. Like we haven't even mentioned like Jake Heidbreeder at Floyd Central. I was just going to say his name. Yeah, we didn't even talk about him, and he's had a fantastic senior year for a really good Highlander team. Yeah, Peyton Sparks. At Winchester, Owen Deese is having a really great senior year for Rice in Evansville. I mean, I think all those guys deserve a, a hard look, and we're already down to one or two spots, so it's going to be a really, really tough choice for uh, those 13 spots this year. Yeah, and you mentioned those, I had those guys down too. Um, you know, Brady, Deese, Hatton, Heidbretter, Hop. Uh, DJ Hughes, Ian Scott, Peyton Sparks, Isaiah Stafford, Malik Stanley, uh, who hasn't put up the points probably that he did last year, but and Isaiah Swope of Castle, and then you know you look at guys like uh, Brody Whitaker at Greencastle, or you know it's guys like that who who should get a look and may you know you know who knows what happens in the tournament or how you play, it, you know assuming you're going to have the top sixty workout you know, where you may have a guy who plays his way in at that point who's on the edge. So, you know, just a really interesting year. And, and you know, when I talk to the uh, athletic or the uh, all-star directors over the years, you know, Mike Broughton or Charlie Hall, it's, you know, they get a lot of heat and, you know, but you, it's always like, well, who are you going to take off if you're going to put that guy? You know, when somebody complains, it's like, well, okay, who are you going to take off? You know, and that's the hard thing about it. And then, uh you know, that's why they get paid millions of dollars to make those selections. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but and yeah, I would say most years you do have one or two guys that you can make an argument to take off this year. I don't think there's going to be an argument to take that guy off. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think in most years, there's a guy or two where you're like, Oh boy, I don't know. You know, does he really, you know, nothing against them, but or sometimes you see it, you don't even know it until you see it. You know, you watch them play, and you're like, "Oh, they don't really, you know, they're not really that to that level." You know, and uh, yeah. you know, you, so you don't know it until you see it on the floor, and uh, you know. But but I'm not sure who that would be. You know, it's just uh, this year. I don't think any of those guys are going to look that way in the game. Yeah, and that's always a conversation that we've had. You know, off in the past is saying, "Hey." why do we think they selected this kid over this kid? But as Trevor said, you're going to have maybe 10 kids that can make an argument for being on the team, but it's going to be really hard for that next question, Kyle, as you said, well, who are you taking off? It's going to be really hard for people to say, well, this person didn't deserve it or this because there's just so much uh, talent in this 21 class here in the state. Yeah. I kind of went down the list, even looking at it from that direction, you know, and, and, you know, why does this guy not, you know, belong here? And, you know, some of it's going to be, well, he didn't never want a sectional or, or, you know, stuff like that or, you know, but then you look at a guy like Jaden Taylor who, you know, and they may not win a sectional this year at, at Perry Meridian, but 
I've seen him play three times in person, and you can't tell me, you know, that's not an Indian All-Star playing in front of me. I mean, he's he's having a great year. He's averaging, you know, he's scoring about half the team's points, and and you know they have uh, they've turned into a winning program this year. So you know, you, it, it's going to be tough, and I guess it'll shake itself out to a certain degree uh, once the tournament starts getting getting going. But uh, but anyway, it's going to be really a really a good year uh, in. And uh, once they do select the team, it's going to be a really good team. And I did talk to Mike Broughton last week about the Indian All-Star, and they're planning to move forward uh, with games at uh, Southport and uh, somewhere in Kentucky. We don't know yet, but uh, they have those uh, dates set, uh, the 12th and 13th, and you know, kind of moving forward. Nothing else in stone just yet, but uh, everything on on course for that uh, as we move forward. So that's a that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, we're getting down to the last uh, week of the season, uh, guys, the last couple of weeks anyway. But next week could be kind of a barren landscape as teams, uh, you know, could maybe not play. I know some have moved their schedules around, and I don't know what this snow snowstorm will do uh, to that, if they'll move games back or just maybe cancel these games outright uh, just to move on to the sectional. But at the very least, it would keep you from, you know, getting quarantined at the wrong time. And I completely understand why teams would uh, would maybe or coaches and administrators would not want to even risk playing those games. The interesting thing I think is there's a lot of teams having to make up conference games that are key in deciding who's winning conferences around the state, and so it's kind of trying to figure out how do we get these games in, but also be careful and not expose ourselves, like you said, to you know contact tracing or even you know catching covid um i know there's teams that are playing ridiculous schedules down here um three four sometimes five games in a week trying to get games in for their kids to play and and finish off conference races like you said the snowstorm this week just throws another wrench in a lot of people's plans um you know they're talking about all the snow actually coming you know, we could see postponements tomorrow night, Friday night, and then teams having to play conference games, you know, that last week of the season that maybe they weren't anticipating having to play. So it's definitely going to be a wild and crazy last two weeks of the season, something that we've never, never seen before uh, here in Indiana. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, it's hard to believe, you know, we're we're here my my clock internally is is so off. Uh, it just seems such a you know the fact that we didn't have a finish the tournament last year. It just I don't even know where I'm think what time of year uh, you know I'm thinking it is, but it, it doesn't seem right that we're about to get here already. And and uh, definitely brings back memories to me of being at that sectional last year. And we don't have to get into all that, but you know just uh, you know the fact that uh, you know last year at this time we had no idea what was about to happen. You know for the next year. And uh, it seems like it was a long time ago. Yeah, I was just telling somebody the other day, it feels like January, like the start of January, where did the last month and a half go? It just kind of blew by for me. So I know exactly what you're talking about, Kyle. Yeah, I'm, uh, I need recalibrated some, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I just think the state tournament this year with missing, you know, obviously we got sectionals in last year, but just getting through the state tournament this year is going to be so nice to see. And, you know, you just hope and pray that there's nobody that gets caught out at the wrong time with this and has to 
has to drop out. I know we saw that in, in fall sports. Um, hopefully we are to the point where we can get through this. I think, you know, one thing has to be said, just commend all the coaches and the kids for doing their part in trying to get through this season the best they can. And especially the athletic directors, that's something that I've loved to see is these teams playing teams that they don't normally schedule. You know, like we talked about Plainfield going down to Silver Creek, those two teams would never schedule each other normally. But, you know, they have openings, and why not? And that's going to be a fantastic game. And uh, hopefully I think this will open up people to be more interested in playing teams outside of their area or teams they normally wouldn't schedule. But, again, just kudos to everybody, um, players, coaches, ADs, for getting through this season. It hasn't always been smooth, but uh, we're almost there. And, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to this tournament maybe more so than anyone I've ever looked forward to before. Well, look at Jeff giving a shout-out to all of the athletic directors in the, in the state. That's, uh, that, that's big all of you. 400 out of them. Can we uh, go AD by AD and get your thoughts, Jeff? <laughs> um, there, are, there are a few that have, would have reviews, maybe a little bit higher than others. Um, but, you know, we've made it this far, so I'll be uh, – I'll put a blanket statement over everybody. Man, you're, you're always taking the high road. I, li- I like that about you. <laughs> That's, I appreciate that, Kyle. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys uh, bringing some knowledge to the uh, podcast. Just wanted to touch on those uh, topics, and uh, I don't know that we figured anything out necessarily, but uh, quality stuff as always, and I appreciate you guys coming on and doing it. Thanks for having me.